Welcome, everybody. This is PMP Weekly episode 151. Technically, this is Microsoft 365 PMP Weekly nowadays. Anyway, so confused. <laughs> anyway, so in the PMP Weekly, I always talk about the latest, uh, what's happening in the Microsoft 365 world with news articles from community and from Microsoft. And we typically have a visitor to talk about something related on community or the platform or the products or services from Microsoft or from external community members. And uh, this time uh, we had Paul Pollock uh, from CPS, but he also talks about his upcoming career uh, as he's moving away from CPS uh, briefly on that call as well. Um, but that's a good discussion, which we already had actually, but we're recording this. Now I'm giving it away. We shouldn't be doing this. Now, we're such a professional. Timelines are really hard. Like, Anyway, so uh, we already had the discussion, really good discussion related on uh, script gallery. Uh, so uh, one of the things that Paul is coordinating is the open source uh, script gallery for Microsoft 365, where we're trying to aggregate the samples. So rather than having every single people having their individual script samples in their repo, which from where nobody finds them, let's have a one location where we can aggregate them and then surface them in a based on metadata in a easy way. So it is actually a really cool setup and Paul is doing absolutely brilliant job on hosting the things and, and allocating and aggregating stuff as well. Not forgetting about all of the people who contributed because there's quite a few tens and tens of people who've been already active on that, right? Absolutely, and I guess so, so like the whole goal is not for us to take anything away from anybody. It's meant yes. to, allow people or help people reach more people with the work that they've already done and help yes. them like put them on the stage and like all the scripts that are shared are share, shared under their name with their face credits. and details and credits exactly. and all that yes exactly yes. right so, so it's meant for everybody to reach more, more folks as opposed to scraping their names and just having a content there exactly 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 helping people to be more known um, and there's so much awesome stuff out there, but it's it's just trying to help people to be more aware of that. Now, we didn't do a quick intro. So uh, my name is Sasa Yuanen. I'm a program manager in the Microsoft 365 platform. We're really good at this. Um, we, we have scripted intro. Um, and with me as a co-host is, who are you? Who are you, Valdek? Hi, everybody. My name is Valdek Mastikas, and I am cloud developer advocate for Microsoft 365 at Microsoft. Excellent. So let's jump on the on the interview with Paul, and then we'll come back on the articles right after that. Welcome, Paul Pollack, to the BMP Weekly episode 151. So you've been in the show actually before, but before we go to the this, this week's topic um, and for the, the latest focus areas, can you talk about who you are and what you do for a living? Yeah, so my name is uh, Paul Bullock. So I'm a Microsoft MVP for nearly two years now. Um, so I've been doing uh, a lot of uh, sort of development or architecture in the SharePoint space, Office 365 for, so Office 365 nearly eight years now, so since 2013, and uh, SharePoint nearly 16 years ago, sort of touching on 2003, so I've sort of touched most versions, uh, and and things like architecture and development in, in quite a lot of cases as well. So uh, I sort of built that background up. Currently working at uh, CPS as a modern workplace architect, uh, not for too much longer, so I'm I'm changing at the end of the month, so to potentially go back to contracting um, and 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 have that sort of more development focus um, and, and sort of build that up that way. You may end of March, Martin, this month. So yeah, end of end of end of Feb. Yeah, so I'm oh I'm, end of Feb. Okay, so, yeah, so because I'm we're recording this on thirty first of January, I'm, I'm like between us. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> good, good. Now um, you you to your MVPs before I, I, let's talk about the, the stuff what you're doing community and the latest on that one in a second but um, you got your MVP status in was it uh, it was June 2020 um, June 2020 so yeah during so, pandemic time so basically indeed. you've never met anybody and just video streaming and all of that stuff right <laughs> that that is right and um, I, I'm looking forward to the opportunity to meet someone eventually assuming that I continue to keep the MVP status <laughs> long enough to then go meet someone in person so but there are a number of events coming up this year that uh, I'm hoping that that will that yeah. it, do you know what in, t in some respects I don't really care if I have got the MVP or not I will try and make the effort to go to conferences and things like that and and, and meet people that I didn't have an opportunity to meet before um, so but you know I've got to try and try and keep going with that. 
but I, I've got plenty of motivation to to keep it up, and and I, I quite enjoy being a part of the program. So um, so I've got I've got no reason to change, you know, in in that respect. Now, for those who do not know, we talked about this in a numerous times with MVPs. First of all, how do you get to be an MVP? Um, putting you on a spot, and and what does it matter for you? What, what's the, the you kind of touched that briefly, but uh, can you talk about that the, the impact of being an MVP? So I didn't expect to become an MVP from the original work that I was doing. So I I started out contributing to the PMP transfer. Uh, transformation tooling. Um, it's got a couple of marketing terms, so modernization tooling. And I was contributing quite heavily because of the project that I was working with. And and I think that's where that came from is my continuous work on that um, and blogging and things like that. So I didn't, I didn't fully expect to be one until I was nominated, which was a, a shocker, actually. I didn't, I didn't expect to be considered for that kind of work. I guess in some ways I had a perception as well that, that being an MVP, you have to be all-knowing, you know, that kind of thing. And I wasn't sure if I was all-knowing or... <laughs> yeah, secret. Space, Even we as but... in the Microsoft, we're not all-knowing. So <laughs> what? <laughs> stop, stop giving away secrets. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's that perception, isn't yeah. there, with with, yeah, with, yeah. with it. And um, uh, and all that expectation that when you speak to every people, they know everything, they know the answers, and, and they don't. And... Uh, surprise and um, yeah, so I was, I was I was quite surprised to to to, uh, to get that, and then um, for me once I started to receive that and started to engage with the program, and then um, obviously being in COVID times, not being able to meet people in person, but I've been able to speak to certain teams internally and actually start to get to know people and vice versa, which was just nice. I think it. I think I, I need to step it up a bit in some ways because i've got access to a resource it, it's just having that opportunity and and that space to do that so it's there, there's still plenty for, for for me to grow in in that in that space yeah and i i have to say positive feedback for paul for you which is really good that in the in the nda calls so one of the benefits being an mvp is that you get to be in nda some of the nda calls there's multiple ones and all of that's running uh, and then where the product group uh, engineering is basically showing potentially what are they planning to do and what's coming and all of that stuff and, and paul is one of the persons who are active and actually vocal on those calls because unfortunately they said there's also some set of people which is understandable we're different kind of human beings who don't want to jump in and share their opinions because they might be afraid that people are not willing to take that constructive feedback or not so but especially with the MVPs it would be really good that people are vocal because again even though we can't fix it right away um, but we need to know if something is broken so I always seem to have an opinion about everything. I don't know whether I, like, I'm heading towards this sort of critique <laughs> or, or critic, crit, uh, tech critic, as I was saying earlier. Um, but but um, a lot of the stuff's coming out is cool. And I also want to articulate the positivity side of things. That's something that MVPs don't do enough is is on these calls and say, hey, that's really cool. Um, I'm looking forward to playing with this, um, which is which is good. I, I almost wonder if some, some people need to be the icebreaker uh, between these groups of people just to start that that flow going and then yeah. other people yeah. chime in yeah yeah, yeah it is it is an interesting point right because like on one like there are different folks who experience it differently and like for one i i know that when you hear a new idea first time it, it takes at least me always time to you know process it give it a place understand how it works right so if i just heard something and it's not something that i already need in my work projects and whatever there's a chance that I will not have an instant feedback on it because I just I I need time to go through it, right? And and, and that might be also the reason why, like, if you are on this call and you hear something for for or you share some something new, you will not get feedback instantly because Absolutely. people need to think about it, get back, and yep. maybe in a week they will send you email, ping you in Teams, like, hey, I thought about the thing you showed last week. Here are pros and cons, right? Yeah, and, uh, and, and so that's that, there too. Yeah, I guess that applies actually for for in general computer science and computer industry. When you're hearing something, um, a change is always negative, right? Because oh, you're moving my cheese or you're but introducing not, something no, which no, I was no, 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 well, I, I mean, but wait, 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 w
there's different kind of people, but there aren't people who first yeah. reaction is like, don't, don't change this. Why are you changing this? This is bad. And then there's, there's those who actually, unfortunately, also eat up the air from the room by saying, no, yeah. this sucks. Uh, did I say a wrong word? We can do a beeping on that one. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so, um, but this was, this is a bad idea. You shouldn't be doing this. This is worse. And that the counter side of that one is that when some people then do that, then for those who had positive feedback to share, quite often they feel like, well, I can't share it anymore because the person just basically said it that everybody who would be liking this idea are idiots. So, and that that's well, the, and the guess- industry or human being or discussion or it's not industry specific. No, so I would say debate is, a, is an art. It's an art that we don't, we we are not being taught that enough, I think. I don't agree with you. Which you see a lot. Like, I don't agree with you. No, just kidding. Just kidding. There you go. And <laughs> and that's perfectly fine. It's perfectly fine for you to not agree. And I'd like to know why. There, yes, there you exactly. go, right? So, and that, that is that, right? Like, when you, what you uh, said, like, that happens a lot. It happens on social, on teams. Like, when there is some, like, there are folks like in any group, there are folks who are active, who, who have tendency to overwhelm others and take the air out of the room, right? And when they share first response, it's often very elaborate, it's very extensive. But with that, like other folks have the idea that everything has been already said and they have nothing to add. And that was such a thing, you know, there is nothing more to add. And that really tends to gravitate towards groupthink. Like you have this one opinion and everybody says like, yeah, plus one, plus one to that. And then there's like no other arguments, right? So it's really hard to balance it out. And it's really like, you need to have moderator in a way who says like, okay, I heard it. I heard you. What other perspective do we have, Correct. right? To, to Correct. really try to give everybody a voice. And I don't know where I've seen that. I think that was a resource somewhere that I think we shared it even at Microsoft at some point in the last two years where we saw that more and more folks, like more and more more meetings are online and it's harder to ensure or you need to be you need to be more conscious about giving everybody on the call equal chance to speak. Right. And and that thing, right, right, to really pay attention who's talking, who's talking a lot, who's not talking at all. And to actually like, hey, call people like, hey, do you have an opinion on that, Sarah or Bob or Bill? You know, to basically give them a stage and acknowledge that they that they are there and people are really interested in to hearing what they think and not just have like one opinion, time is gone. Yes, everybody agrees because no one else has, yeah. has uh, anything, right? Well, there is the opportunity in the chat space, isn't there, where if, if there is a particular character or characters on your call that are dominating the airtime, the, the people then go to the chat and think. And so when I'm I'm working with customers and I and I see that happening, I try to try to call out the person who's making the chat comments and try and bring them into this into that airtime. Right. Yeah. Uh, just to just to you know give them that opportunity to speak. And, and maybe they don't want to speak, and that, that is that's fine. Okay. So call it out and they go, I don't really want to say anything. That's fine. And then you move on. Yeah. So True. Which is, which is True. Cool. It's. Yeah. Anyway, it's interesting human behavior. Now let's talk about a bit more on on what you've been actually working lately, all related on the open source and community stuff. Because the stuff that you're doing across the M365 platform is really really cool. Or is it platform because it's more for IT pros? Or is it only for IT pros? But anyway, what is it? What, what are you actually? <laughs> <laughs> it's a teaser. Cliffhanger. 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 Is it? Is it? Is it? <laughs> so what? What is it that you are doing, Paul? Yes. So I'm. I've currently working on something called Script Samples. Uh, this is a PMP repository where you host your PowerShell scripts, Bash scripts, or in your case of order, you've got some ZX scripts that I've seen that you've um, uh, committed to the uh, CLI. Um, so it's having those in a space where people can share that. And that that space has been launched. Uh, it was launched June last year, and it's and it's growing slowly over time, which is which is absolutely cool. Um, we've also had, um, uh, in fact, actually, thank you, Wardup, for your support in that the initial seeding of the, the script gallery with the CLI scripts was a great place to start and, and bring that in. And, and that there has been a secondary benefit to that as well. So th- those samples are now in the solution sample gallery. 
So uh, if it's not present on there, but I know what I've done is I've linked back to your original site. So if people do want to know more about the CLI or, or the samples on the CLI, then they can go to that that repository rather than my own. So there's that sort of crossover. Um, so I sort of building building that site up, and also the contributors as well have been absolutely awesome. Um, I've had I've I've got twenty. I was just looking at GitHub now. Twenty three contributors that that um, that have posted this, and I'm I'm still getting continuous um, submissions from people as well, which is which is good. And it's formulating that pattern and, and and getting to know people and sort of building that up at the moment. Yeah, cool. And, uh, and uh, original. What was, what was uh, yeah. the? Yeah, so that was exactly what I wanted to ask. Like, what was the original idea behind? Like, why do we have this single place for scripts? Well. Um, I had my own library from contracting, so I, I built up scripts over the years and I wanted to be able to share those. I was doing it via blogs and I felt that it was inefficient. Maybe my blogs weren't getting enough traffic, but also um, I started asking around as well. And then people had their own scripts that they've written for, um, you know, for, for their use of either PMP PowerShell, the CLI or various other tools. And so it's just had that sort of central space where we can sort of pool all of those for scripts. I think um, a, a long time ago, a lot of scripts used to be was it um was it tenet gallery uh, which i think is retired now where there used, yeah. used to be yeah. one space for for that i don't think that's around anymore um but yeah. I, I wanted to also have uh, um something under the under the pmp banner so i was part of the team something that i could own as well which is which is which is cool so i you know from the work that i've done with the modernization tool it was burt's burt's ownership so it was nice to have something that i own that i can build i can i can use the resource i can also use it as a way to network as well and, and connect to people because i've got this project i want to do i want to you know like contribute i want to speak to the the, the various other people in the pmp and and sort of have that reason to engage with them and things like that so it was kind of a, a like a, there's a lot of drivers to, to, to having that repository um and, and i use it i use it daily it, it, you know in terms of you know what i, I need a script what have I got in that library as the first go-to place before I start writing out the scripts? And if I write something out and I've got permission to share it, then then it goes up there. Yeah. So so and and few pointers from a background as well because at some point I don't know if anybody who's listening to the podcast or watching the video remembers that we we actually had powershell.office.com site from Microsoft which had actually decent level of scripts and the site was pretty okay and it looked nice. The problem of that site was, however, that there was no way for people to contribute. So it was basically, or they will say, you can contribute by sending an email here, which is like, well, that's not how things should be working. So with the script samples, the approach is to then to take the similar approach as with the other samples is that you can contribute in GitHub. The beauty of that one is that you can just track and drop stuff in the GitHub, uh, in the Visual Studio web client, for example, create a folder, create uh, track and drop stuff in, it will create a pull request and voila, you're contributing. Um, and rather than, like Paul said, rather than having isolated set of scripts in isolated person's personal GitHub repos, which nobody can find them, let's actually surface the people and the script across Microsoft Teams PowerShell, uh, Power Automate PowerShell, uh, SharePoint Online PowerShell, Microsoft Craft PowerShell, PMP PowerShell in one centralized location. Um, because and CLI. And CLI. CLI. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah. I was just waiting, like, how many PowerShells are you going to call out? <laughs> but really having that one location, uh, rather than, again, it's like, well, there's the one guy in here who created awesome PowerShell script, and there's one guy in here. And and the beauty of this one, for sure, is it's the same. It doesn't matter if you're using the PowerShell script gallery or you go to the unified sample gallery, it surfaces the contributor first. So every yes, single absolutely. person who contributed um, is yeah. getting acknowledged so and, and that's a, that's a vital element this isn't there that that you attribute the con the, the person that has spent that their personal time um and and made the effort to commit that pr and and yeah. you know I, I am very thankful for the contributors that i've had for on this and and also the continuous work that's going on um within the from the from the contributors so i tried to make sure that i take it via twitter or um, they have got these little um icons to show their 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 face and the sample solution sample gallery takes it slightly one further where you've got that sort of author view um yeah. which kind of thinking of pitching that idea but um you can search for it so you can type in someone's name and then you can get all their samples but it's not quite as obvious that that is an option. So, uh, but, but certainly, um, 
so it, I might end up pinching that idea, but uh, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> but it's 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 great to see that, that that well we know from the past whenever we introduced PowerShell. SharePoint uh, 2010, maybe time frame. I can't remember, but there, there's such yes. a tremendous amount of awesome scripts out there. And then in many cases, people just forget about them. They don't know that they exist, uh, even though they're openly shared in GitHub. So having this kind of a centralized location makes perfect sense. It, it's super, super valuable for the community, yeah. for sure. Um, and it's great to see the growing interest. Um, I think the view numbers are pretty decent, are growing as well, not just decent, they're actually really good. And then um, the contributor numbers are growing up as well. So, And of course, I have to call out, and I, I guess Paul, Paul would be saying this as well, if anybody has good ideas of even further, let's say, improve the value for the contributors, please let us know, because it's we're just trying to build a centralized location. But uh, building, on, building on top of that as well, if people have large repositories of scripts and it's not appealing for them to import each one one by one, let's yeah. have that discussion because in, in I'm starting to see this. I'm very tempted to write a utility or something that, uh, or even a script to pro bulk process those. Um, into a format where we can get those samples into the repository in, in, in bulk. And I, want, I wanted to call that out because I think that, it, that there is going to be a time very soon that, that someone's going to say, here's here's 700 scripts, in, enjoy. <laughs> no. yep. So yeah. it's like, due to the, is it up to the contributor to then write each of the pages? Uh, so I, I want to have that discussion with that, that person who does want to take that step and, yep. and, 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 and we'll work together on getting that in there. That's, that's maybe, actually maybe really for good. folks yeah. For, for folks who are interested to contribute, like one, do we have instructions, manuals, video, like what steps they need to go through? And two, do they need to meet a bar? Like if I can imagine a PowerShell script, like I've seen scripts that are just five lines of codes and it's there. And I've seen scripts like fully documented following PowerShell specs with synopsis and all arguments, like, like fully fledged code. Do they need to go either side or is it like no matter what you have, as long as it works, it's OK? Yeah, I try not to box the script in my own standard because you know everybody has their style. Everybody has their way of thinking and and how they write their scripts. You know, there are there are many ways of doing the same scripts. And I don't want to be inflexible and in saying you have to do it my way or I'm not interested. You know, I, I don't I don't I don't want that. I want that. I want you to feel feel open and free to submit your script in your style. But what I have done on the on the site, there is a contributing area and it should list out the guide for the, um, you know, the article formats and things like that. Uh, I had a recent thought about that on Twitter and I sort of posted a couple of questions about whether people are finding the lack of um, definition of submitting um, for a script in a specific standard a barrier because they're like I got a lot of people I had a, I had a sort of theme with some conversations recently about people having this oh I just need to polish it before I get it out on the on in, in the public domain right. and like well actually you may be locked into a loop of yes. is it ready yet is it ready or do I need to do more is it you know and have that sort of standard so I've so what I've done is I've put in an optional guide to saying that if you are going to do that as a minimum make sure that you've got things clearly labeled comments and you know indentation so at least it's in a readable format that kind of thing it is optional i don't like i said i don't want to put a box on things i don't want to sort of lock it down and say yeah if you don't meet that you're not in that's not how it works you know it is your your script yeah. you're sharing with it people can read it eventually you know with a with a bit of work so yeah so i, I have found that to try and see if that will you know, improve that sort of state if people feel like that. You know, it doesn't have to be perfect. Uh, as long as you feel, mm -hmm. as long as you've, you know, you've checked it works and things like that, then that that's absolutely cool. And that's kind of those one of those classic discussions in general in the community work, which is if you collect samples and is it code or script, it doesn't matter. Are you going to have high, 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 high quality standards and all of that, which will then basically mean nobody's contributing? Or are you encouraging people to start 
the journey of contributing uh, by a bit more lower stress standard and then increasing them or helping then people with feedback uh, to increase the standards. But one thing, uh, I, I think one thing what, what uh, Paul in this is repo and is kind of a demanding uh, also is that there's a clear readme file uh, which will explain what the script is doing. Because one of the problems what we keep on having, and this actually applies for many of the samples, unfortunately also for Microsoft, which is, hey, here's a sample in GitHub. Cool, what does it do? Well, pull it down and test it out. Yeah, but ah, yeah. It, why isn't there a screenshot of the sample if it's a actual code? Why, why isn't there an explanation what the script is doing? Yeah, but it's in the script. Uh, but that's not how people find is it useful for them. So trying to make it as useful for other people as possible. Um, and that is well, a bit and also, more work. Well, and, and also with that, right? Like, what is your goal? Is it is it your goal to share share a piece of code on the internet, or is it actually allow others to use it, right? Sure. Because if it's the latter, we are currently at the stage where, at least now, search engines cannot deduct the intent behind a code. Like Copilot, nowadays I've seen a really cool thing is able to explain, like you paste in a piece of code and it tells you what the code does. Like once we yeah. have that and we can apply it on top of all the code that we share, brilliant. Then that's the day when we no longer need a readme, right? Because like you'll be able to understand the code just from the code itself. Until sure. we get there, <laughs> until we get there, eventually, yes. one day yes. it's gonna be the case. Yes. Until we get there, we need, a, we need to have something that explains what is the purpose, what is the benefit, how it works, how you set it up, what are yep. the prerequisites, if any, Images are welcome too. If you want to quickly see, like, hey, does that thing produce what I need or not? Because I can look at image and I glance like yes or no. But if it's a script, if it's a page, a four or more of of code, it's like I need to spend quite some time to go through all of it and discern is that the thing or not, right? So, like, if your goal is to allow others to benefit from the work you've done, you need to do that extra step which can be as simple as a paragraph of text, what is it for? Like, what problem does the thing yeah. solve and how to get it to work? And I'm not necessarily looking for a blog level a description of what it does. Yeah. Um, but if you do want to provide that, then, you know, that's the, the, the tech, the PMP tech community blog is that place to do that, where you can reference, you know, describe the story behind it and the learnings yeah. and yep. all that stuff, and then reference a skip because you understand that people are just going to quickly want to look for a script. They want to know roughly what it does, and then look at the sample, and then and then move on potentially next. And there, there is, um, I think it's 180 now around that. It keeps going up. I, I'm not always up to date with the the number, but um, uh, and and sometimes it takes a little while to find that, and you don't want to have to scan read several, you know, sure. several, yeah. you know, blocks of paragraphs just to get to the sample. So uh, uh, which is which is which is pretty cool. But I do have one rule though with the samples though. So if the script is destructive in any way, so whether it performs a delete operation or you know delete deleting assets and things like that, I do put a warning on the on the README file to say, hey, yes. this script will delete assets and artifacts yeah. within your yeah. environment. Just make sure that you're happy with that or run it in the dev environment, that kind of thing. So yeah. that's that's the only thing. Yeah. Now, one thing yeah. related on this one, because this is a good discussion related on samples and scripts and, and how things work. So so one thing, um, the kind of a classic question from somebody who's con considering maybe get contributing is that why do you want to have this in your repo, not from my repo? That's true. Um, I have an answer for that, of course. But. I don't know if I have a direct answer saying <laughs> this. This is this is um, okay. I am slightly using the PMP banner with this one, so um, it's you know PMP is established. It's well known within the community. We've I've got a slot on the community calls, which I can you know present a little segment on, which is pretty cool. Um, so so it is being advertised. It is being used, and, and people from the telemetry are people are using those samples. So if you want to use that space to have greater reach and this repo, you feel that this repo would be a better place, then that you could buy. I'm not stopping you from, from forking the repo and having your own version. I'm just saying that this is this is the, the one that we're promoting you know, through the PMP banner and um, and um, uh, and go from there. Yeah. And that's but if you've got better, no, <laughs> the, and then there's the, there's kind of the how would I put it? It's not really compliance or it's it's more community friendly approach related on the samples. Which is if we would just surface those uh, locations where the script is right now in in the 
people's personal uh, GitHub accounts. The challenge is that we don't know when that account is going to get deleted or the repo is going to get deleted. Yeah. So that would actually result situations where the sample is listed as an offering uh, in the site or in the unified sample gallery. When you click the sample, it doesn't exist. Or even worst case scenario, you go to the adoption.microsoft.com in the unified sample gallery, uh, you find the sample, you click the link, you will be redirected to the repo and there's something offensive there. So that would be yeah. not something which we would be uh, wanted to happen. Um, and even though yeah. the BMP organization, so github.com uh, slash BMP is community owned and community contributed and community controlled, it's still a bit related on Microsoft. Uh, so Microsoft is one of the, the people behind of the scenes helping on surfacing uh, those samples to be available. So we need to be a bit more careful on that. So because that would be a nice let's say financial times or whatever story uh, we hmm. went to the Microsoft side and then we open up a sample and it said whatever super offensive things so we certainly yeah. don't want to have that situation so there's been one um, I wanted to call out one thing that I really like as a side effect from the sample gallery is um, or I've had uh, a couple of contributors actually take say PMP PowerShell and write the CLI version of that and vice versa and what that what that those contributors start to do is find gaps in those respective libraries and then go yes. to the CLI, yeah. I think Adam Walczyk, for example, uh, has um, has found gaps in the CLI and actually gone and contributed to the CLI and expanded that and yeah. then wrote the sample back, which is just, I didn't anticipate that that kind of um, yeah. sort of contribution, but it's a, it's a super cool uh, yeah. way of, of, um, of, of identifying gaps within that, which is, which is yeah. awesome. I love that. I really do. Yeah. Really, really cool. Uh, I'm, by the way, watching the site on the on one of the screens, and there's so many people who've contributed. Adam Valaras, Jim, Rashmi contributed a lot. Rini was uh, nowadays Microsoft employee, actually. Um, and then uh, so many, so many. Leon Armstrong, Steve Hart, Casper Poo, and a lot of, lot of people who've been. Shandani have been really active as well. So a lot of, lot of stuff. So it's really cool to see the people. And, and a growing number of contributors in, in this side as well. Because, of course, if we can, as we share the knowledge between and others, um, we can then build the next step of our knowledge and the next step of our knowledge because we can help and learn from the other people. And rather than, you know, these are my scripts in my GitHub, oh, sorry, in my hard disk, I'm not going to share with them with anybody. And then, so, much better this way. So, I mean, I've, uh, this yeah. is my first community repo, if that makes sense, in my career actually mm -hmm. so i've learned an absolute ton from from do, from doing this in terms of being a maintainer building the sites and and working with the contributors so but then again i've 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 had access to some really cool people to uh to leverage <laughs> their experience sorry the charm offensive there um yeah. so you know it's been really great to actually lean on that and it's a, it's a call out for others actually if people want to start their own community projects that there are those within this space that could potentially you know help you out and and you know help you evolve that idea absolutely absolutely and that's why the github slash bnb exists um, and it's that's why it's con community owned and code controlled and sure we from microsoft we're part of the community so we're part of that as well yeah. but it, it's not that we want to dictate what the community does because that's not how it should be uh, so no Let's do things together. Uh, one thing what I wanted to actually ask, and from a timing perspective, I, I guess we need to close up. Are you also, Paul, looking into then growing a team related on uh, controlling this, or is this only your baby, or what's the future of the script? <laughs> well, putting I you on the spot uh, under request. No, do you want an honest uh, answer to that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to be. Um, if I kept it as my baby, uh, it wouldn't scale well so and i have to accept that that i need to then cross that line I, I don't think i'm there yet because you know the number i can cope with the demand that's coming in um well, well it's arguable whether i should i should get someone on board now so i can partner with someone and then when that grant domains i can meet it immediately or whether i yep. wait for that demand to reach you know that kind of thing so but i'm i'm open to having a team and growing that and i think that once one and it might take a couple of years for this to fully seed out and everybody to, to, to know what this is about but I, i'm i'm open to that i think it's a it's a learning step just as much as for me for anybody who's also joining potentially the team as well yeah. um but yeah I'm, I'm certainly open to that i do need to refine 
some of my processes to make them a bit more um, shareable because I've got a lot of stuff run because I, I test the generation of the site locally on my machine to see if you know the sample format will will, will break anything and and before it gets published so uh, and, and tweak the metadata more than anything that's what I tend to do a lot is check the metadata to make sure that it's highlighting the authors in the right way and and and, and it it's got those checks and balances for the the solution sample gallery as well so making sure that I've got all the parts in place so once yeah. I I guess um cloudify that then um then I can I can then scale <laughs> that's the yeah. best way of describing it yeah. yeah it's it's just a kind of a logical next piece and next step yeah. on the journey uh because we've seen that with the other projects as well it's like CLI for Microsoft 365 which you well created but nowadays you're kind of up behind of the scenes and then there's an active team actually contributing and doing the running the show um because of multiple reasons again but it's 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 one of those interesting steps which then happens naturally with the open source community projects as well if or not or not right? if you if you are <laughs> heading to that direction yeah it's not that it always yeah. happens but that's then the scalability when it's actually starts truly like oh my god now there's 10 people actually helping with all of the incoming stuff um so not and Paul, of course this wasn't really putting you on the spot and saying you should be doing that right away but well, it's, it's actually a was point. It's a point. Yeah. <laughs> why, why are you doing this i mean what else is what's going on get, yes, get yourself into shape go on <laughs> yes. well, no, I, I, i'm taking a lot of learning from the cli project yeah. i think i think that one is spearheading a lot of the the, the, the way you manage contributors and, and i know we've had a lot of discussions about that so there's tons of learning in 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 the cli the way you where you operate that, uh, which I'm, I'm fascinated by. Yeah. Really cool stuff. Cool. Any last words? Um, um, anything interesting, Paul, on your table this week? So let's do this um, in this, this section. No, I, I, I'm just going. <laughs> I've got a list of issues that I've got in the um, in my repo that I, I might pass through. Um, no, projects. I haven't. I have customer projects. I'm because yeah. I'm winding down from from my role, so my workload's getting lighter as I as approach that. But I am having to spin up things like my own company and websites and things just to make myself a bit marketable and things like that. So yeah. uh, there is some focus on that. But so I don't. Want, anybody who's interested on using Paul's services, you should reach out. Yeah. So. <laughs> you get a nice friendly face, cheeky <laughs> uh, humor. Uh, what else? Yeah, isn't that uh, that UK humor? So the <laughs> UK humor, yeah, it probably offends everybody else, but uh... <laughs> <laughs> so Waldek, Waldek, anything interesting on your table this week? So oh, totally, always, always, right? So the last week we shared new release of CLI for Microsoft three in three six x five. We started the work on or <laughs> we are in the final stage for the next major one, which is the V5, which we will ship at the end of February and which, which will break things. And what we break is a few, and few commands that are, that are based. Version, of course, it doesn't break any of the older installed versions, just to be clear. So. No, 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 of course not. No, of course. <laughs> Breaking ball. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Like By no, end of February, we will break you all. Work anymore. No, we break everything. No, 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 no. So the new version, compared, if you have a script that you've built in the past and you use it on a V5, it might not work. If you yeah. used any of commands that are used on the, that are based on the Azure AD graph, which will be deprecated, I think, in summer this year, this, this calendar year, in the northern hemisphere. I guess we need to add that too because, like, summer, which summer, you know, in June, yes. July, I think that 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 is the time frame, right? So we already uh, did did some work to move away to Microsoft Graph, but that means that there are some differences in the output, input, and all that. So we had to take that step to be ahead of it, so not to wait until the last days. Uh, so we're going to do that in V5. And then on top, we're doing some additional work on one hand, uh, cleaning up the code, but on the other hand, also uh, thinking about new commands, new features that we can add, like uh, the ability to manage um, M365 apps, which is also an interesting concept. Uh, I had an article about that recently. Uh, we're adding new commands left and right about anything that is on, on 365, about managing tasks, getting reports on usage, managing teams and contenting teams, anything and everything really. Uh, so that is one. Another one, um, another thing I'm working on is the idea of quick reference card for Microsoft 365 apps. 
right? So as we build these apps, like imagine you need to build a bot in Teams. Like there are quite a few moving parts in there, right? You need to have a bot, you need to do things on Azure, you might need to do something with adaptive cards if you wanna do SSO, there's also, so there are quite a few things that are involved with it, right? And the, the best news is, is that we have resources for all of that available already. Thing is, they're available somewhere. Here, so in our here, words, here, we here, expect here. you to find them across all of the internet, right? Yes. So it's like, hey, like why not have quick reference cards with all the links in single place? So that you don't need to, like, we don't expect you to open your internet search and go on a journey, but instead yeah. you can just open this one thing and you, you have all the links that you need for this type of app in single place, right? So I yeah. build two reference cards, I put them in a repo, and now basically trying to solicit input, like, would that be useful? Would that be helpful? What yeah. else could we change to improve it? And what's important, like, what other types of apps do you build for which you could use them? Right, so like I would appreciate feedback uh, on on that from folks, and there are ten other projects I am I am involved with, so they will probably come to um, in the coming weeks. Yeah, that reminded me. I need to follow up on even on this recording, follow up on the the, the location for those stuff. But that discussion is ongoing, so it's anyway. So centralized location for for that stuff as well. But on my table, uh, Lookbook is coming back online, which is good. Well, Lookbook is aligned, but the provisioning in the lookbook.microsoft.com is gonna keep, keep gonna be enabled again. So it was disabled to operational and maintenance uh, reasons, um, but it's now getting uh, enabled again. Um, and then of course the Lookbook site for showcasing the art of possible has existed uh, during this time as well. Um, and then 1.14 SharePoint framework went to preview, new preview last week. Uh, we'll keep on working on documentation on that one. So there's a lot of, lot of cool stuff in there. And that was actually quite a big release. So for those who haven't checked it out, if you go to back to check the release notes, it is actually a long list of things. Uh, and also we did a new process related on that one where we're pinpointing all of the GitHub issues as well, which are getting actually fixed. Cool. So just that is really cool. Transparency yeah. and clarity on. And, and if you have something built on SPFX, 113, 112, 110, 111, the easiest way to upgrade that and to try the new version is with CLI for Microsoft 365. <laughs> that's <laughs> Of course. <laughs> cool. I guess that's it for now. Uh, we'll jump on a separate uh, coverage of the, of the weekly articles. Thank you, Paul, uh, for joining up. Uh, Thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure. Again. Thank you very much for inviting me. As well. Me. Always good to have a chat with you and, and looking forward to discussions, NDA discussions later this week because that's there's some cool topics actually which are going to go through. And for the external audience, we'll get back to that a bit later. You want to be an MVP to get access on that information. So, right? Share your stuff today and become an MVP. That's actually, that's good. That's, that's good. <laughs> Anyway, thanks for everybody for watching on the BMP Weekly. Uh, we'll jump to the articles and close up the, the podcast and the video on that side. Thank you, Paul. And one Thank you, Paul. Time. Well, be in touch. Yep. Cheers. Now we're back. <laughs> now we're back. So. <laughs> Thank you, Paul, one more time. Uh, really good chat and, and good to catch up as well. Well, we're in touch multiple times in a week anyway, but it's it's great to have one-to-one -one discussions and, and the vision and direction and all of that related on the scripts as well. It, it's, it's been mind-blowing how well you've been coordinating uh, that work. So spot on. So really, really awesome stuff um, and so much value for the other people in the community. But let's jump into this week's articles or anything else that you want to say. What happened in the community? Yes. Let's jump on the articles. So let me share my screen. So here's the one. So let's start with Microsoft News. Um, so we didn't actually have that many Microsoft uh, news across the multiple different block channels, which we are actually uh, serving. Is that the right way of saying that? But we called out uh, the primary one. So of course, uh, there was a, uh, one of those is, is the news related on SharePoint Framework 1.14. So there was a updated public preview on the 1.14. It is currently scheduled to get uh, G8 in mid-February. So that means in two weeks or so. Um, 
So um, relatively soon, just expected to be a one release candidate still, uh, which is already then locked in what's available. And in the blog post, we are, of course talk about what's available. So and what are the new things? So there's a lot of lot of new stuff available, and we call out also in the release notes what are the things which uh, or the issues which have been fixed and all of that, which is super super beneficial. One thing what's actually really interesting here is is the the location based detection um, and also um, functionalities of uploading assets and that's actually quite important for the corporate mobile portals which are which the Viva connection is all about so having then location based access um, to the uh, user's location you can then show information based on that and that's actually really really cool so it is so native mobile API access on things and all of that. So it is heading for sure to the right direction and really, really cool stuff. And in the actual release notes, quickly pointing out this one, a lot of, lot of, lot of details related on API changes and things and all of that. So a lot of cool. stuff happening. Nice. This is very nice. Good. The other news uh, from the official developer side of the house was Outlook JavaScript API deprecation. I'll, I'll call out this one and then we'll jump on your side. So, Perfect. So, doesn't <laughs> I'm, I'm on the roll now. So, but in yes. the Outlook JavaScript API, uh, we have deprecated one specific uh, property type. So it's good to be aware of that one uh, if you are using the Office Admin APIs. So nothing too special there. Now the next article uh, was actually is, another podcast. Yes, exactly right. So there is a Microsoft 365 developer po podcast by Jeremy Take and Paul Schaeflein. And this time around, they talked to Nick Charlebois from the Microsoft Graph CPX team about Microsoft Graph Data Connect. So if you want to know more about it, what it is, what it's for, what is the use case, head on to their site and listen to their podcast. Yeah, really good discussion, by the way. So good, good to catch up with Nick on that one. Now, the next article, um, you'll do actually this one. There's no point for me explaining what's <laughs> happening in here. You're <laughs> free to talk about CLI from Microsoft 365. Right? So the other, the other week, we had a release of a new version of CLI from Microsoft 365, version 4.4. Uh, where we highlight some of the most uh, noteworthy um, changes and improvements and features, right? So the one is uh, um, su support for upgrading SPFX projects to version 114.0 beta 5, which you mentioned yep. just, just now in releases. Uh, we have some hard commands around Azure Active Directory, Planner, SharePoint, and Teams, um, as well as some improvements. So with that, uh, I would encourage everybody to give it a try. And if there's anything that you would like us to improve or add, don't hesitate to let us know on GitHub. Sounds good. The next uh, article uh, was on creating a first adaptive card extension, ACs and SPFX. So these are basically the Viva Connection adaptive card <coughs> extensions, which are exposed in both desktop, uh, but pr are primarily designed for the mobile experience. Uh, but they do work in a desktop experience as well. But Seedhard uh, is basically walking through how to create your first uh, SPFX component as a starting point and then uh, starting to build stuff. And the ACs were introduced in 1.13 um, and they will get evolved uh, 1.14, 1.15, 1.16 as well. So, which are all scheduled to happen. And 17, this 18, year. 19, 20. I think <laughs> then we're already in 2023. Anyway, so, and the next Who's article. Counting? Uh, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> next article is from Shrusti Shah, and it's about welcoming new employees in teams with adaptive cards. Now, adaptive cards are really great way to really easily have a piece of UI that works great across any device you work with, right? And in this article, uh, we see like how you can sh uh, share adaptive cards to, to teams to welcome new employee or new colleagues. So this is a really great way to see. And I guess it's also built with Power Automate Flow, right? So you yep. see a combination of, of Power Automate Flow, Teams, and, and adaptive cards to really easily build solution on top of Microsoft 365. Really cool stuff. Thank you, Shorsty, on that one. Now, we also had a new article, another one from Sitart, uh, how to use Craft Toolkit uh, in Teams app inside of a Teams tab. So basically getting started on that scenario as well. And these are super, super beneficial as a starting point. So using the your Teams to create your Microsoft Teams application or which is targeted for a tab, and then using the Craft Toolkit uh, in there as well. So installing the init. 
packages and then adjusting the code to actually have the needed settings and of course the application in Azure and all of that those permissions so really really cool stuff great reference solution from him the next one Yes, the next article is from Adam Vujic, and it's about using Power Automate Flow API in SPFX. So that is an interesting article, how you can automate some things around flows from SPFX. SPFX is the model that you can use for building apps for Viva Connections, SharePoint, and Teams. And with that, that gives you the ability to really easily interact with any APIs that are secured with AAD, including... APIs around power automated flows. Yeah, absolutely. This is technically, there's basically the, the one HTTP endpoint which you're hitting and then you're initiating that flow to actually get started. But uh, relatively simple. As long as you have the right API permissions and all of that, you can easily do this uh, as well. So as really, really long as you know what you need to do, it's all simple. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> that is so true. That is so Often true. the case, right? <laughs> yes. The next one uh, is from Yannick Rickman. So this one is actually kind of interesting. Um, we talked about this one before we started uh, the, the recording. So get a full meeting details in a Teams meeting app without the bot SDK. So by default, uh, when you are implementing Microsoft Teams meeting apps, you are expected to have a bot behind of the scenes, which is actually the, the application which has then access additional details related on meeting. Um, and the meeting ID and the information related on uh, the meeting ID, which you get from context, doesn't necessarily match the meeting ID, which you're expected to use in the bot side. Right, Valdek? Yeah, so actually the meeting um, ID that you get exposed in the Teams SDK is meant for use with the bot. But if you don't yeah. want to use the bot, if you would want to call graph directly from the web app, you, you oh, can yeah, use the SDK absolutely. or exactly. you cannot use, exactly. use the ID because that ID doesn't match the ID that you have in graph, yeah. at least at first sight, right? Because apparently it's a base64 encoded string that you can decode, manipulate, and then you get the ID that you can use with the graph. But with all of that, it makes you think like, why isn't there an easier way? And I guess Yannick points also to a feedback that is on the feedback side uh, towards the Microsoft Teams team to basically allow developers to have a, an easier access to the necessary info to be able to build meetings apps without a bot. And and one thing related on this one, so this one this one is the meeting ID, and you get access on the meeting information, but it's not accessing the live situation of the meeting. So exactly, so it's from the invite as opposed to who is now directly in the call. Correct, yeah. correct. So that's that is a good good point to call out. So it's not that you can access okay who's in the call right now through uh, this ID. Yes. Unfortunately, that is not available. So. Good. And um, then we had an article from Leon Armstrong. So adding a new board view uh, to Microsoft and SharePoint list using PMP PowerShell and Power Automate. And this is really around uh, this new uh, with Kanban board, uh, right yes. saying that, uh, which is yep. nowadays supported. And he has a great PowerShell, uh, uh, let's say, analysis or guidance in this blog post, how to create those using PowerShell. So you can easily automate creation of those views to an existing list based on, of course, the listing uh, list uh, situation. So he's adding uh, the needed view uh, using the MPMP PowerShell. Uh, and actually, there is it. Yeah, invoking the rest and, and running the rest calls and then setting the, the view to be available. So really, really cool stuff to automate yep. this kind of a configuration. Good stuff. Now, this one uh, from AC. Exactly. So there, there is a new article from Oitanos um, about setting up SPFX development environments for multiple SharePoint server deployments. And the point here being is that over time we had SharePoint uh, 2016, 2019, now we have the SE edition, yep. right? Subscription and edition. All, yes. yes, they are all built in different point in time. So as such, they work with a specific version of SVFX. So this article shows you how you can use, how you can work with different versions of SPFX in parallel, because like oftentimes um, you might have a customer or a, a company, or you might have a need to work with a project for SP 2016, 2019, and go back and forth, right? So this article shows how you can work with that without pulling your hair. Yeah. 
out. Yeah, that's a good way of putting <laughs> that. And, and it's actually a good point to call out here uh, that it's using NVM uh, rather than uh, VMs because VMs virtual machines are actually the operational maintenance of them is actually quite high. So NVM gives you the option of having side-by-side -side multiple Node.js environments, which is really, really cool. It's a really cool article from AC. Then Alex uh, had a uh, good reference blog post related on delete Office 365 group with associated site collection via Graph uh, SDK. These are really useful blog posts uh, because it's like, okay, I need to do X and Y and Z. Oh, there it is. Thank you. Uh, I'll just use that one and yeah. get moving on the, on the code. So thank you, Alex, on that one. Um, this really is what we talked about and a lot of the times you're blocking for yourself as a future reference. And this seems like that for in the Alex's case, for sure. Yeah. Um, then uh, on SharePaints, Peter Venstra. Yes, we had a new article from Peter about comparing arrays in Power Automate flows, right? So whenever you have different things to do with arrays in Power Automate flows, this article shows you how you can compare them, work with them and so forth and so on. So it's a really, great nugget uh, to keep in your references, to keep that, that in mind whenever that, that use case arises. Yep, absolutely, really good stuff. And then Mark D. Anderson uh, had a blog post on get all public or private team sites in SharePoint with PMP PowerShell. Uh, so as a uh, team site can be set to be uh, private or public, um, there's a reference PowerShell script then how to, how to use that and what is the filter of doing that. So it is actually visibility uh, property on the output. So really, really cool reference point from Mark as well. Then we have an article from you. Yes, exactly. So one of the ideas that I've been working on is the concept of when you build an app for Microsoft 365, like let's say you want to build a Teams bot. Like there are quite a few things involved in it, right? You have the bot, you might have adaptive cards. If you want to do SSO, there's also some things included in that. And across the board, you will need tooling, you will need SDK, references, samples, videos. The cool thing is, is that all of the resources you need are available. The trick is though, is that they're available somewhere. So in other words, you need to find your own or the references that you need to do that, right? The current today way to do that. Now, and I thought like, what if there was an easier way to do it? Like, what if we offered you quick reference cards of sorts that compile a list of all the links and resources that you need to build a particular type of app, showing you the current way of doing it. So with that, not requiring you to go across the internet, find things and try things out, only to find out that that reference you're, you're looking at is out of date. Yeah. Right, so I shared two quick references. And with that, I'd like to know, how can we improve them? Would that be helpful? Is that of any use? And what other, other types of apps do you build for which you would like to see them? So if yeah. you have any feedback on that, I'd love to hear from, from you and you can catch me on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, wherever you are. This is really, really good. And it could have samples as well and uh, as, a, as a chapter. And all of this is, is uh, keeping it up to date is always the challenge for sure. But these are really, really, really useful for sure. So good stuff. Now, um, our good friend, um, Paolo, had a new uh, video related on uh, managing IAAD apps registration with Microsoft Craft. So using the Microsoft Craft APIs to managing those Azure AD application registration permissions and creating those things and adjusting things uh, in the service principle level. So really, really good uh, six minutes uh, blog post. Um, sorry, not a blog post, a video uh, explaining uh, how to get things done and what are the API calls and all of that. So that's really, really cool. Then April had a new video. Yes, new video from April about Power Apps UI, dark mode, lime mode, toggle, right? So we see a lot of, uh, or a big trend regarding adjusting the UI between light and dark. It can be made to make apps more uh, accessible or just folks prefer to look more, to look at a dark or a light theme, right? And April shows how you can build that toggle in Power Apps. Really cool stuff. And then the last uh, article is from Shane, uh, Shane Young, uh, 
related on a Power Apps attachment for SharePoint files, images, and signatures, and talks about how you are attaching a file to the Power App, uh, which, which is quite a common case because in many cases, the company files are in SharePoint or in OneDrive, um, and then you're attaching those locations and storages and uploading that then uh, in the app. So really, really good stuff as well. A uh, lot of, lot of, uh, actually already a lot of use on this one. So Shane is really, really great on explaining the, the power of the, of the platform for sure. But that's it for this one. A uh, lot of, lot of articles again uh, from both Microsoft and from uh, the community. And we, of course, it's just a short uh, sneak of the sneak peek of the of the well, crutch of the corner. What is it? Um, there's a lot of, lot of other other articles as well. English is so hard. English is so hard. <laughs> <clears throat> Anyway, so um, we already went through what's going to happen on this week. Uh, I guess it's time to say goodbye, and we'll be back. It is. Week. It is. So hopefully, and, and of course, uh, as you are building or writing good stuff in blog posts, please use hashtag BMP Weekly uh, in the Twitter. Uh, that's the easiest way for us to catch what you have added. And uh, there's so much massive, awesome more articles available in the blog posts, and that it's really, really hard to catch up on all of them so you can help us with the hashtag BMP Weekly. But I guess that's it for now. Thanks everybody. Thanks Walter. Thanks Paul. Thank you, Vesa. Thank you. <laughs> and we'll be back within a week. Cheers. Bye bye. Bye.